You're listening to the Hometown Crowd Podcast, part of the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, the Marksmen continue their run at the top of the league. The coaching carousel keeps turning in college and the NFL, and a look back at rivalry week. Finally, it is college football conference championship week, so we break down the Power 5 games and look at this week in the NFL. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyard of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dibble. Hey everyone, I'm Mac. And I'm the Tears and Nick Saban's beer, Heather Highsmith. Ooh. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast everywhere you find your podcast. If you're an Apple subscriber, we would love a five-star review. If you leave any review, we'll read it. We don't mm-hmm. have any. Um, but how are you guys doing this week, this evening? I am good. I took my last two finals, so my semester is now officially over. Uh, and I'm really happy about that because this semester fucking sucked. How about you guys? I am fantastic. I am absolutely great. I can't imagine why. I know, right? She's got wine in her. Oh, Oh. I do have wine in me. That's true. That is true. But I'm also not as biblically frustrated as I was, so that helps. (laughs) (laughs) So... Wine isn't the only thing she's had in her. Stop. I not. (laughs) DB, go back and cut that out. I am a lady. I am a lady. Yeah, you're... (laughs) Yeah, you're something, Heather. That's I am. I'm a lady ass face. <laughs> I am exhausted, is what I am. I've been battling like a mini flu. My cat has been sick. Thanksgiving was exhausting. It's just been a whole week, and I'm buying a house, uh, which we officially close on up. next week. Yeah. Uh, well. I mean, this is your own fault for adulting so fucking hard. So you get no sympathy for me. Yeah. Why would you do it so hard in like one week? Yeah, dude. That's and, fucking. And that's during ridiculous. the holidays. That's, yeah. Like, see, you did that to yourself. Yeah. So, yes. Someone likes pain. Someone likes pain. Yes. Mm-hmm. I did it to myself. Yeah, exactly. Clearly a masochist. So. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we know Karen is, uh, you know, beating up on you and you dig it. So don't even try and sit there and deny it. <laughs> yeah. We love you, Karen. Yeah, we do, Karen. Well, we do want to apologize. We did promise that we were going to have Stephanie Decatur and Jenny Bell from the Fayetteville Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. Unfortunately, Stephanie got sick. And because of some rescheduling, because Matt got to go to an awesome game last night. Indeed, um, I did. We had to reschedule. So they probably will be joining us around late January. So... Uh, we apologize that they're not here tonight, as we promised, but we will have them on soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mac, mm-hmm. how was that game? Oh, it was amazing. And uh, it it really was nice being able to probably wear my Buckeyes gear in a sea of Tar Heel blue and uh, see all the butt hurt, just all the butt hurt. Yeah, Mac got to go to the Ohio State, North Carolina uh, basketball ball game in the ACC Big Ten uh, what do they call that it's the ACC Big Ten Challenge yeah which the Big Ten won yeah 
And mm-hmm. the Buckeyes beat the Carolina Tar Heels for the first time since 1992. So, and I think it was the biggest home loss in uh, what's his name's career. Yeah, we'll just, I'm just going to refer to him as what's his name. So, uh, I, I don't pay attention to local college basketball. I'm a bad North Carolinian that way. I'm not well, a North. I mean, you're really not. I mean, you're too busy being a homer for. <laughs> wherever you're from so hey just remember your boy burrow is from ohio so you're up here you need to bring it down here Mm -mm. never yeah ever (laughs) well let's jump into some more local sports the fayetteville marksman split a pair of games this past weekend they won on thanksgiving 6-1 over roanoke who we have just completely beat up on all season uh we're like we've got like ten wins and eight of them are against Roanoke. Um, <laughs> what kind of fucked up scheduling is that? <laughs> I don't I don't know, uh, but we did drop Saturday's game four one to Knoxville. Uh, the marksmen are now tied with Knoxville with twenty one points, just two points behind Peoria, who dropped their first game in regulation on Saturday. Uh, the marksmen hit the road. For a single game this weekend in Macon against the Mayhem, who are near the bottom of the league with eight points. They're actually just like two points ahead of Roanoke. See, I've decided I'm going to try and get a big boy job where I make a little bit of money. And I'm I'm buying a hockey team in the same league as the Marksmen. And I'm going to just put it in the weirdest spot and give it the dumbest fucking name. (laughs) Do you have any uh, names chosen out? Well, I like... Maybe I'd open up a team in Florida, like maybe Ocala, and call them the Ice Flows or something. Just make it completely ridiculous. Something that has <laughs> nothing to do with the town. Um, <gasps> oh, my gosh. What if you did something like, you know, like the Frozen Cooters? That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Heather. Give me some shit-ass Thank town. You. you know what? Just give remember me... remember just to cut me a check. Every oh, jersey that you sell, please. I will. Okay. Like I need I need the location of a small podunk town with like an arena mm-hmm. that one has never seen hockey and can hold 700 people. That's about all I need right now. So oh, I mean, that's basically Monroe, Louisiana. So Okay, so the, the Monroe Frozen Cooters. There now, we go. We did have the mocks. We did have the water moccasins. <laughs> yeah, the Monroe mocks. And every time you lose, can we describe it as pounding? That's fine if you want to. If that makes you feel better about yourself and helps you sleep at night, go right ahead. <laughs> Cooters pounded and lost <laughs> 12 to 2. <laughs> the marksman pounded the Cooters. That's it. That's totally it. They really set their targets on the Cooters. So well, they are never going to let us talk about them ever. on our show no. again. No. Um, no. But let's, let's face it Macon used to be called the Whoopi, and they were the Macon Whoopi for like eight years. <laughs> so of course they were. Oh uh, God! Hey, th- thank you for your contribution to uh, popular culture there, making. Mm-hmm. Do we have a, a top ten list this week for uh, best minor league hockey teams there, Heather? I think we were promised a list before. Oh, long. I think we were. Yeah, but I'm sorry, what? I've been a little busy. Heather, Heather gets a pass because she's I, been I had priorities. Okay. She's been, uh, you know, biblically getting to know her old man again. So. <laughs> <laughs> But listen, though, you know what, though? He liked it enough to put a ring on it, so... Congratulations! Congrats, Heather! 
Thank you. Thank Mike, you. you would know that if you had Facebook again, but... Well, Facebook's the fucking devil, and I get nothing but death threats through it, so I, I choose okay. to just stay away from it. That's You know what? That's probably for the best. Yeah, yeah. It's completely understandable. I mean, death threats or knowing Heather's engaged, I mean... Yeah. I mean, Heather's going to let me know one way or another. She'd, she'd send a telegram or, you know... We have a group pigeon, chat. Yeah, you know. you know, she likes to kick it old school. I do. I really do. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I'll, yes, I'll be uh, getting hitched. Chat. I know. I know. I will be uh, getting hitched to our Afghan audience. So. <laughs> well, I mean, he has to be rewarded for listening. Right. I know he's made it this long. Bless him. <laughs> Bless him. Uh, well, congratulations, Heather. Thanks. Let's right. turn to college football, where the NCAA coaching carousel is in full swing. Uh, with the regular season coming to a close, teams have begun firing underperforming coaches. Ole Miss, Boston College, and Missouri have all parted ways. Uh, but the biggest surprise came when Washington's Chris Peterson stepped down. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I was, I, you know, I, I asked you guys, remember, was it health-related? And then... You know, we we didn't know, and then he comes out the next day and was just like, "Dude, I can't deal with the grind of this shit anymore." Uh, and that that should tell you everything that you need to know about just how shitty that job is, because you're not just coaching. You know, you're the CEO of an entire mm-hmm. program, uh, and everything that goes on within that program you're responsible for, whether it's getting your players to mandatory uh, study halls or you know making sure they're in class. You know, that that's his job, and I can see how that just fucking sucks. Because you got to think, after the bowl season, what's Chris Peterson doing? He's recruiting, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, you get about three weeks off, and then you re- go right into spring uh, uh, conditioning before you start going into summer practices. So, like, there's, there's, no off, there's no off cycle with college football. So, you know, I commend him. I think it's smart. Yeah, it is. To you go know, out on your own terms? Yeah. At, oh, at, Yeah. Yeah, because absolutely. you control the narrative. Yeah, at that um, point, you know, I mean, and that's that's the crazy thing is is he knew he was suffering from it. He probably has uh, poor Mrs. Peterson is who I'm I'm really worried about because I'm sure she hasn't seen her husband in like four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right? So I mean, it's it, it, this should tell you just I mean, he's one of the best college football coaches uh, probably in the last twenty or thirty years when you look at his record at Boise State and what he's done in Washington. Um, you know, I, I commend him. It's kind of a lot like what Gronk did, you know, at fuck it. I know I could still do it, but I'm not going to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, I mean, it's, I, I got no hate for him. Uh, I don't necessarily I, yeah. need the money and the money's not as important as my health. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that, that's a good thing uh, you know, enjoy it, go on a long vacation, spend some time with your family, you know, and just generally chill out. And then because let's face it, these college coaches and he's young enough. To where he gets the bug again, he can go get another job for 10 years. Yeah, you know? that's the thing that surprised me is how young he is. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's uh, what, a little bit younger than Urban, right? Or is Urban just a year younger than him or some shit like that? So, I mean, it's <sighs> Urban I've got my issues with because he, he's run away from jobs twice, citing health, but always comes back. Um, you know, but Peterson has been just a nonstop head coach for – I think like 15 years uh, with no break. So, I mean, I get it. Um, and apparently the guy who's the interim coach right now, apparent, you know, he's, he's a pretty well-respected guy by the administration and his fellow coaches. So, 
I mean, maybe Washington doesn't skip a beat, but I mean, we've seen how, you know, going with an interim coach from the end of one season into another worked out for like, say, Ole Miss or, you know. (laughs) Well, you know who who I was surprised about? I was actually kind of surprised that uh, Mike Leach got a five-year extension. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Every other school wanted to poach him. Yeah, like, I'm just curious, is it because they're just keeping him for the press conferences, or please don't spit into your mic? I mean, he he had, yeah, he had a... It looks expensive. Yes, it is. Uh, You know, he had a a down year by his standards this year at Washington State, but when you get down to it, he was going to be a guy that programs are going to go after. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so what are you going to do to stop it? You know, you, you either pony up the dough to make sure he gets paid and you keep him or you let him walk to another program where he will get paid. So, I mean, Washington state, this is probably the most successful they've been since Ryan. Oh, Lee yeah. Throwing the oh football, yeah. You know? Oh, so, since forever. Yeah. About. Yeah. You know, I mean, let's face it. Leaf was there 23 years ago. Mm-hmm. You wow, know? Has it really been that long? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, when you get down to it, keep the guy where you're having sustained success with, um, and then, you know, let these let the other programs try and find a coach somewhere, because when you get down to it, uh, I think a lot of these administrations and I, if I'm going on too long, sorry, guys, but a lot of these administrations are realizing that maybe going after that, you know, that coordinator for that really successful coach isn't really the way to go. I mean, look at Chad Morris, uh, you know, very successful. Who's gone. Yeah. Who's fired already. Uh, who who spent a year or two at SMU and then moved to Arkansas and just totally shit the bed. Uh, that that might have been a program that maybe wasn't in the best shape to, when he got there, but it was in better shape under Balema than it was under him by far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I mean, you I think as an AD now you have to really dig deep to find that head coach to get your program rolling again. Mm-hmm. So I mean that. that I don't know what's worse, being the college football coach or being the athletic director that's got to find a good coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of struggling to find a new coach, last week was uh, rivalry week. And let's start with the game. Uh, uh, of course, <laughs> that's where we're going to start at. Uh, Ohio State marched into Ann Arbor and just took all of the wind out of the place. Uh the game started fairly close. I was actually kind of thinking we might have a game comparable to, what was it, 2016? That was the really good game. I think so. The double overtime. Um, but four touchdowns apiece by Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins, who also added 205 yards on the ground, uh, paced the Buckeyes to a 56-27 win. Um, you want to talk about consistency? 14 points in every quarter. Uh, by Ohio State. Uh, we just put two touchdowns up in each each quarter. Um, but Coach Harbaugh fell to 0-5 in the game. Uh, so at least he's <laughs> consistent too. Uh, while Ryan Day earns his first win in as many attempts. Uh, Mac, do you think Harbaugh's job is on the line? I don't think so this year. I think it'll happen next year. Uh, Heather and I, like we agreed on that a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I think I think they give him one more year. But they're not going to let him, uh, you know, he's, he's Michigan royalty. They're going to let give him as much time and drag it out as long as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, well, part of that is so they can say, like, look, we gave him X amount of years, 
and you know now he couldn't produce exactly yeah. it's yeah. not that way that way kind of like what we were saying with um with the Washington coach they now they control the narrative of it yeah you know they Harbaugh can't be like oh you know there was this and there was this and there was this they were like no like you know you were god here yeah. you couldn't you couldn't and we let you coach produce. well into your own recruits. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. The, I think the the thing is is Jim Harbaugh, the recruiters being undone by Jim Harbaugh, the head coach, who has a shitty staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gaddis, their offensive coordinator, is actually he's not bad. Um, he actually got something out of Shea Patterson, and you know Patterson is a he's serviceable. He he's not the all world, you know, uh, QB that. You know, like your Burrow, who's who can literally you can put the whole game on him, and he's shown I will carry this team to to a win. Mm-hmm. You know, or Fields, or you know, all these other like transcendent quarterbacks uh, that we've seen kind of play up bigger than the program they're in. You know, Patterson's not that guy. Um, you know, he's he's probably more in line with a Tate Martell when you look at how highly recruited he was coming out of high school. Uh, yes, he has a lot more snaps than Martell, but I mean, he, he, he was just supposed to be the second coming, and he, he hasn't been that. He wasn't that at Mississippi State. He, he's not – or, excuse me, Ole Miss, uh, and he, he's not that at Michigan. Um, I was surprised that Michigan got away from the run the way they did because in the first half, they were gashing the shit out of Ohio State, uh, you know, in the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is they saw Patterson have a really good statistical first half and then said, okay, fuck it. We're going to throw the ball. And then he finishes four of 24 in the second half. Like mm-hmm. it makes no sense. Yeah. If, you, if, if you've got wideouts dropping the ball and your quarterback can't get it there, run, just run the ball. Well, I'm sure that they were probably like, Oh, he's heating up. We're getting a hot quarterback. <laughs> so, I mean, well, it, it is hardball. I mean, and that's true. For That's for true. all the for all the love he gets about being like this this pro style quarter uh, coach and um you know we're we're gonna grind out these yards he does have a predilection to falling back on the pass um if the running game's not just going just right you know mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to take you know three and a half yards of carry and grind out the clock and pick up those tough first downs you know you don't have to have six seven yards of crack every time. You know, and it just seems like Harbaugh, he's just he's buying into his own genius and it's it's not working for him. Honestly, it's it's not fucking working for him. So do you guys know how many points that the Wolverines defense has allowed in the 16 games against Big Ten opponents other than Ohio State in the past two seasons? Probably less than they've allowed to Ohio State in the last two seasons. Because <laughs> uh, what what are we at now? We had the sixty three last year and fifty six yeah. this year, so one nineteen. It is a combined two hundred and twenty four points. Jesus and, Christ! <laughs> and then one hundred and nineteen to Ohio State. It is bit. The program basically has answers for everyone but the Buckeyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I so. mean, it's it's crazy because when, I mean, last season, even though we, we pummeled Michigan, um, the defense was, was horribly weak. Our linebackers were slow. Our defensive linemen outside of, you know, after we lost Bosa, didn't do much. Um, so that left a lot of responsibility on the defensive backs to make plays. 
Well, Urban stepped aside, and Ryan Day was like, fuck this, dude. He went and pilfered the defensive line coach and the linebackers coach from Michigan and said, hey, come on down and look at, <laughs> and look at what they've done with those two groups. Like, it's mm-hmm. fucking crazy. Um, so I'm, I was pretty happy about that. I don't know a lot of, I know a lot of Buckcast fans were like, why are we going to Michigan to get coaches? Because these two dudes are like two of the top coaches in their positional group. So yeah. And after this season, I think we should all be fucking all Buckeyes fans should be pretty thankful for those two. Yeah. And you know what? I am, uh, eternally grateful for the Jim Harbaugh hire and I will contribute 10 <laughs> bucks a year to continue to pay him every year. <laughs> I think he said that in our group chat. We were like, shut up, Tim. Um, <laughs> he's not wrong. I might just start a GoFundMe in Ohio. Just, just to, to just, keep Harbaugh there. Yep, just to yep. keep Harbaugh at Michigan. And, oh, yeah. And you know it, they would pay it. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, who? <laughs> Listen, just put that on a game day sign. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> Go to this link. For the Harbaugh exactly. GoFundMe, you know. Exactly. Hashtag <laughs> keep Harbaugh. Keep Harbaugh at Michigan. Yeah. Um, you know who I've heard floated around as a potential replacement for Harbaugh, though? Mm-hmm. Mike Gundy. Oh, man. <laughs> pulling him out of? What bar are they going to to find well, him? He's still coaching at Oklahoma State. Yeah. Oh, I, I, again. Again. What bar are they pulling him out yeah. of? To... You, you've seen that mullet. You know his wife does not sleep with him. Okay. Oh, no. no, no. Not at all. Not, uh, it's not a, a self-respecting woman. Really. No. No. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I think there would be problems there. Gundy's leaned a lot on the run this season only because that running back Oklahoma State has is fucking magnificent. The dude runs with power. He runs with speed. He's very shifty. He catches the ball well out of the backfield. Um, and when you have a, a, a stud running back like that, yeah, give him the ball and let him do his job. But uh, I mean, Gundy, we've seen he leans a lot on the on the you know that air raid kind of uh, spread option offense, and I don't know how that would work. And when you get down to it, do the or does the Michigan administration really want to try that again? Because when they brought in Rodriguez, that was his mo, and it failed miserably. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know if they dip their toe back into that again. Um, I mean, who fucking knows? Honestly, like, when you get down to it, uh, you know, this is college football, and, and guys get fired or resign or, or whatever the hell for any reason. So, I mean, who knows? Yeah, well, it'll officially be roughly 3,300 days uh, between – potential Michigan wins when they next meet. So that'll be fun. Uh, that warms my heart. But let's, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we've crossed that mark. Um, let's turn to the other big game last weekend, the Iron Bowl, uh, mm-hmm. where Alabama suffered their second loss of the season. Oh and God, the tide dropped. Magnificent. Right. Magnificent. Uh, the tide dropped this one 48-45 in Auburn. Uh, and with that, they dropped to 12th in the college football playoff standings and will miss the college football playoffs for the first time in its history. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about the uh, the field goal at halftime. Um, I'm pretty sure most Alabama fans don't understand that rule, uh, including Nick Saban, who quoted the wrong rule at the halftime 
interview. Of course he uh, did. Listen, he yeah. was upset, Timothy, okay? Yeah. He they're, they're, can't get the rules right all the time, okay? It, it, it was something about they thought you had to have three seconds to snap yeah. the ball, but it's like three seconds to spike the ball to stop the clock. Yeah. If, if I may interject here, the last thing Saban should be bitching about field goals uh, it, it, it should be less than he's bitching about because kicking has been an issue for him his entire fucking collegiate coaching career. Yeah. All right. Go. He can't. Yeah. He yeah. he's never had good success no, with kickers. No. Go fucking recruit one. Go to the mm-hmm. soccer team and talk one of those poor schleps to leaving fucking uh you know soccer program to go kick a football. All right. But stop what is it Ugh. with Nick Saban, the Iron Bowl, one second and field goals? <laughs> <laughs> Well, but here's the thing, though. But I mean, even I mean, it wouldn't have won them the game. But yeah, like it would have at least gotten them tied and given them a little more time or whatever. But, you know, and then maybe if their kicker doesn't shank it off the pole. Exactly. uh, Yeah. But you know what? When you get down to it, uh, you know, they gave up 45 points. mm -hmm. Alabama did. Okay, you made no 48, 48, excuse me. Thank you, Tim. Um, But, you know, they made no defensive adjustments to really Mm -hmm. be seen. No, uh, and and you let a freshman quarterback who only completed fifty percent of his passes, mm-hmm. like, get these huge chunk plays against you for almost the entire fucking game. Like, dude, come on, uh, you know if you're gonna bitch about some, you know, our uh, some goofy rule about field goal kicking, <laughs> you know, without kind of doing the the what a good leader does and critically look at his own performance, which was shit, uh, you know. Oh, y'all know that he had some little, like, intern assistant to the assistant coach, like, digging through the rule book up in the box, you know, to find it, to see. Mm-hmm. You know he did. Yeah, but when you get down to it, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with Alabama fans, because you can look on a million different, uh, you know, Twitter accounts and they're screaming for him to be fired. And I'm like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> like no. it's the recency yeah. bias. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it you is. Know, it, it's fucking ridiculous, you know? And I think that's what kills me most is I, I think we can all agree. None of us like Nick Saban. I think he's a pretentious dickhead, but I don't think you could ever take away the success that he's mm-hmm. had in the college. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. For sure. And like, I mean, and as much the, as it sounds like, I... well, I mean, as much as it sounds like vinegar, as it tastes like vinegar coming out of my mouth, like he is definitely in the contingents for, for being one of the greatest college football coaches ever. If not, yeah. If not the best, if not the best. Yeah. And I hate mm-hmm. saying that, but game recognizes game. It, exactly. Like, it's the same yeah. way I, I feel about Belichick. They are the two best coaches at their respective levels and I hate them both yeah exactly but what I did find really interesting though about this particular game is that there have been so many times this season that Auburn's defense really needed the offense to make a play to finish a drive to score a point you know do whatever but on Saturday it was the opposite the script got flipped and so I thought that that was a really interesting dynamic to the game. Yeah, I mean, Auburn, Auburn, uh, like their defense gave up a shit ton of points as well, but they got stops the way mm-hmm. Alabama's exactly. defense did not. It seemed like every time Auburn got the ball, they put points on the board. Yeah. You know, Auburn, yeah. I, I, for me, it felt like 
Auburn showed up to play. Oh, yeah. And uh, Alabama, they walked in thinking, oh, you know, this is little brother. Let's go take care of little brother. Yeah. yeah. And this was this was the time that little brother, no, little brother popped back. Yep. And and this and is then, what happens when you schedule nobodies. Exactly. You know? Exactly. L- LSU. LSU, LSU is guilty of it as well. well Don't, no, no, no. I'll, no. I'll Let, let's, look at this, no. let's look at this year. LSU had games against teams heading into that game against Alabama. Mm-hmm. Alabama did not. And what happened? LSU dominated that game because they had been prepared against teams who could play the game. Well, yeah. Well, and, and part of that, too, like, and that's always a big argument, like, I kind of get into with a lot of people um, because it tends to be kind of, and I'm sure it's, it's kind of all over college football or whatever, but you do see it a lot in the SEC where the beginning of the season, you'll have a lot more of the quote unquote cupcake schedule, and then it gets progressively harder. And a lot of that, yes, it is to pad the stats and kind of mm-hmm. help or whatever, but at the same time, it does give the teams a chance to work on the basics, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and iron, get... sharp, aren't, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. No, but no. I mean, no. It, it's not how that shit works, Tim. Like, I, 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 I'm. You throw out one big game at the beginning of the year. I get it, but you know, do I think we should be playing the Mercers and the Portland States of the, you know, the country? No. But no, I, but but see I that was see, see that's what that was where Alabama's downfall was this particular yeah. season is that they thought, oh, we can just pad our stats with these yeah. little, you know. But see, I get, teams I get and, why we we see the like the Kent States and the Miamis of Ohio or like the ULMs on the on the big boy schedule. I get that because at least you're going to get some pushback for about half the game, mm-hmm. okay? But when you get down with ULM and Kent State and Miami of Ohio and 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 you know whatever else, you know they they don't have the depth that the, the that the big boys have, and I get that. All right, but you want games like that because one. It, it, you're you're going to get like good. I mean, I hate to say this practice wraps for your starters, but then you also get your backups in to, to build some experience in it. Um, but I am with you. Well, on yeah, the, you definitely need to hold on, have that balance. I, I am with you on that, that you don't schedule those late in the season. Uh, even if like, and I understand some athletic administrators or, or have trouble filling schedules at times, but when you get down to it, the last thing you want in week 11 of the fucking regular season before you go into your big rivalry game is Western Carolina, Mercer, yeah, Western Carolina or Mercer or, or whatever, yeah. you know, because all that's going to do is give Mac Jones this false sense of fucking security. Like I can come out and ball Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, you absolutely. Know? Well, and two, like another thing too, especially like in the beginning, if you're doing it in the beginning is that too, you can also, it gives you a chance to see where you're, where the cracks are. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you know, where, you know, and, when you get in these really big games and then you see these really gaping holes of shit that you didn't work on in practice. Whereas if you do have, you know, a couple of the, you know, quote unquote, easier games in the beginning of the season, you can say, Oh, okay. I see a little crack there. Let's tighten this up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it definitely gives you the chance. So then when you do get to those big rivalry games at the end, you fine tune that shit. Yeah, exactly. Well, All a right. quick look at our other picks. Uh, Bedlam went to Oklahoma, 34-16. Memphis topped Cincinnati, 34-24. And Minnesota's shot at Big Ten glory ended with a loss to Wisconsin, 38-17. You know, 
what? Uh-huh. I was a little sad about that one. I actually kind of was. Yeah, I was I mean, really like, kind of hoping for Minnesota, but hold on. I went one and three in college this this week. No, you went uh three and or four and one. Oh, I you went okay. one and three in NFL. Okay, that's right. Sorry, dude. Hey, yeah. Memphis looks like they could be a ball buster if the playoff actually let in some fucking other teams. Memphis looks like they could throw down with anybody right now. Maybe not the whole game, but they'd give it a go for at least two quarters. Yeah, enough to at least create the the chance of the Cinderella. Yeah. And and maybe not for, you know, three games of an eight-team playoff, but, you know, maybe one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you guys. It's just, just a thought, and I don't mean to get us all sidetracked, but uh, Mike Norvell, the head coach of Memphis, I don't see him being there after this season. <laughs> <laughs> I see, like, Arkansas making a run, Florida State making a run, uh, maybe – you know, and I'm trying to think of the the other Power Five teams that have openings. Maybe Vanderbilt. Even... I think let go. Oh, they they got rid of. Uh, um, oh Jesus, I forgot his name. Derek Mason. Uh, I'm trying to remember from our conversation about it a little bit, a little well, while ago. Hold on. No, I have the CBS Sports line open right now, and I see the openings. I can see Florida State, Ole Miss, Arkansas. I can see them all making runs at Norvell. Um, Boston College. Well, I mean, Boston College never pays for coaches, so no, they won't make that run. Mm-mm. Um, yeah. You know, I can sorry, see, Vanderbilt's not on that list. Yeah, it's it's a there. You know, Vanderbilt holds on to their coaches until the absolute last second. So, um, but I could see those those programs making a run at Norvell uh, because he's shown that he can. The guy co- can coach like nobody's business, man. He's an outstanding head coach, um, and uh, I, I could see him you know, employed by one of the, the power five schools going into next season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Wisconsin will get a shot at revenge against Ohio state uh, in the big 10 championship, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but I, I definitely would have liked to see Minnesota more because uh, we already beat Wisconsin. Yeah. But I, I mean, yeah, I, I like what PJ flex doing. I mean, he's, he's had a hell of a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's not really that deep, and you know he's he, there's some obvious flaws on that team. Um, so get you know let him keep bringing in recruits, uh, getting getting people excited about playing outside in fucking Minnesota in December. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, but I mean he's he's got a good thing going there, uh, and I was I was really happy to see that Minnesota ponied up the dough and, and signed him to an extension. Not that those things matter for head coaches at the college level because they can leave when they want, but the players can't. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Although it seems like that's getting a lot more lax. It really just seems like players are entering the transfer portal left and right now. Well, they should. I don't know if you guys saw, but Jacksonville State, uh, an FCS team, just shut down their football program completely. Um, and they are going to pony up. It's a not. It's a FCS school that offered no scholarships. But for the players that want to stay there and finish their degrees, they're going to pay for it. But for players that want to transfer and have other opportunities at other schools, the school's actually lining up like they hired a full-time person to help them do the paperwork to get into the transfer portal. So, and was was that person Ryan Perilou? Because um, <laughs> I feel like it should have been. Did you guys see that um, UNC Charlotte actually made a bowl game? I did. Um, How adorable. Yeah, this is the same yeah. school that did a six-year study on starting a football program. 
uh, decided it would be cheaper to just play in Bank of America the first three years, uh, failing, <laughs> failing to realize that seeing 10,000 people in a 75,000-seat stadium is a bad look on TV, and then begged donors to kick in money to build a 25,000-seat stadium on campus. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, they get to kick off bowl season in the Bahamas Bowl. Oh, they're the poor people that are going to make their students schlep out there, huh? Uh, oh, <laughs> God, those poor people. Are, are we also not going to talk about another big winner from Rivalry Week of being was, Mark Stoops? Oh, I was going to bring up how Ole Miss pissed away the game. Oh, uh, quite literally. Uh-huh. Yes, quite literally. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, also another big, big winner was Mark Stoops. And granted, okay, yeah, it's Kentucky versus Louisville. Okay. But, you know, they've won seven games during the regular season, and well, good I mean, for them. Let's face it, uh, Joker Phillips started the, the, the kind of march to respectability for Kentucky football, and Mark Stoops, you know, has students at a basketball school excited about college football, which is a small fucking miracle. Um, I mean, at this point, you know, the Pope needs to fucking take his ass to a uh, uh, – you know, to Lexington and, and fucking saint that guy because what he did was a small miracle because there's actually asses and seats for Kentucky football now. Actually, that bring, uh, you talk about football players at a basketball school brings up something that was told to me. I actually had a Michigan fan tell me that they think they're a basketball school now. I don't blame them. They've gotten <laughs> <laughs> Nice, Heather. Nice. <laughs> I legitimately almost ruined this really expensive microphone yeah. by spitting my wine all over. Yeah. It. Just oh, viewers, I wish you could have seen or uh, listeners, I wish you could have seen Heather's face because I think at the last second her sinuses pulled in that drop. Oh that my god, it nose. really was about to come out my nose. <laughs> because and I have been sick like this whole week, so like everything's draining right now. Oh, yeah, there was an open line. Just, it would have been everywhere. Yeah, that's yeah, funny. That, that, that was actually told to me this week by a friend from Michigan. Oh, bless He's like, it's okay. We're, we're a basketball school now. <laughs> you know what? You should be very proud of your, your squad. Uh, Jawan Howard's done a great job uh, picking up where uh, Bayline left off. Uh, you know, so, yeah, I mean, good on you. But, I mean... You're still a, the Big Ten, which is a fucking football conference. Sorry, dude. <laughs> they, they've got to have something to hold on to, okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I, I can see the, the fan frustration with, with – I mean, they've won once in, the, what, the last 17 years, Tim? Uh, and, uh, and, I think that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, – it, they, they, the Michigan fans – One and like, a half if you count the time we vacated a win. Yeah. Um. But, you know, they, they always talk about how, you know, they have the overall record. But it's like, bro, you've barely done shit in the last 20 years, man. Sorry. Yeah, so since you, the turn of the century, it's like 317 and oh. That's what I like to hear. So what, what, what do you got next for us, Tim? What do we talk about next? Uh, well, let's take a look at the college football standings. Okay. Uh, heading into the final weekend, the top four remain the same with Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and Georgia. Utah and Oklahoma are the biggest beneficiaries of Alabama's fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the first two out with Baylor and Wisconsin right behind, and both of them 
What's up, Mac? No, no, I, I hate the Georgia thing. I fucking hate it. I'm sorry. I, I just, you know, I, I get it. Um, they, they, you know, they've got they've got a championship defense with a fucking JV offense, mm-hmm. and, and you know, they what? What do you always see that dickhead from the the committee get trotted out on fucking TV every Monday for? You know, style counts. You know, your 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 level of play and all that shit, right? Well, that offense isn't scoring points. I mean, honestly, they're not going to score points against LSU. They're not going to support uh, score points against Ohio State. Dude, I would even say Georgia would struggle scoring against Utah. Like, come the fuck on. Can we just stop yeah. it with this fucking shit, man? Just, I, I think Georgia is really just there in case they happen to beat LSU. Uh, which I don't think I'm is going to happen, yeah, and we'll you, get to that. But I'm surprised you said that with a straight face. Yeah, I mean... Um, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I just, I, but, I, but to guarantee that an SEC team gets in, um, yeah, see, I, I don't, I don't really buy that. I mean, I've said that a million times, you know, you, they, they you know, for, for a long time, there was, you know, uh, any, any team West of the Mississippi isn't going to get their due diligence because nobody stays up later to watch the games and all that happy horse shit, you know? And it's like, dude most of these people have trouble identifying who's in what's conference, you know, who's in what conference. I'm sorry. Like you can't expect me to believe that everybody that's on that fucking committee. All right. Knows exactly who's where. Yeah. With the exception of Condoleezza Rice. Cause I think Condi goddamn well knows every team in the goddamn Sunbelt, not just the power <laughs> five. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, but you know what I mean? I, I Utah just, and Oklahoma, I think are cheering for, LSU, Ohio State, and Virginia this week, uh, because I think those three wins would get both of them in, and then there's no debate on who gets four. It's one gets three, one gets four. Yeah, I, I, I still don't know if they leave Clemson out if Clemson loses. Uh, I, I think you have to give them the, I guess the, you know, the champs discount on that one. Um, oh, I saw a headline. I think it was on like CBS Sports, where it was something like silent but something i and i really almost want to say it was a it was a fart joke but they were saying something about how you know how clemson might not be number one but they might be the best team and i was like that's horseshit there's no no uh-uh no, I'm no. clemson has definitely turned their play up in the like since the unc game but oh. Yeah, but not enough nobody. to in, not not enough to impress me. Like we had this conversation, what, how many weeks ago? That you know, Clemson was not the team that they were. You know, one season, two seasons ago, they're not. They're not playing at that level, and, and I don't know. I just kind of feel like they're kind of getting the Georgia treatment right now. I mean, they're still undefeated. So I, I will fair enough. Yeah. You know. But, but again, like, but just like looking at the quality of the playing that they're doing, it's nothing like what it was. Oh no. But I mean, it's a lot better than it was at the beginning of the season. Like Tim said, since that UNC True. game, you're they, right. You they've right. been just drubbing teams. And I, that's, I think that's what we've come to expect from Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is going to be at the forefront of the committee's mind, but I still don't think with their success in the, in the playoff. Okay. Uh, again, listeners, I threw the air quotes up because it's a bullshit playoff. It's not real. Stop buying into it. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't think you can keep them out just based on what they've managed to do since this whole thing started, um, even with a loss. Because we've seen this committee is not above 
you know, keeping a conference champ out for a one loss. You know what I mean? So, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, the, like I said, the only the only thing I'm kind of pissy about with the entire thing uh, is is the Georgia thing. I, I just don't understand it. Um, I guarantee you right now, uh, Kirby Smart's probably kicking himself in the ass for letting Fields go into the portal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So let me ask you guys real quick. Wait, wait, wait. Um, wait, wait assuming... Can I interrupt you real quick? So does that mean that I can call Justin Fields Georgia Bulldog? Ohio State quarterback, because I mean you you messed that all up. But well, no. I mean, uh, shut up, Tim. <laughs> well, Heather, listen, I'm doing what I can. Okay, Heather, you you are the uh, matter familias of the of the podcast. So do do what you will. You know what? Thank uh, you. You're because welcome. I am I am a goddamn delight. Yes, you are okay. absolutely. But real quick, let's ask this question. Hold on, before okay. you get on, Tim, we have to have a standing rule right now. Uh, Heather's still in the throes of being newly engaged, and our only Afghan listener is back in the United States. <laughs> so we can't fuck with her for at least two weeks. Let her ride this high and be very happy. And then at that point, that two week cutoff, that's when we just drop the hammer and start giving her shit off. Oh, I don't, I don't like that. I don't know if I'm going to that. All right. So let's ask the big question Who gets number four? One, two, and three win. Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, they win. Oklahoma wins and Utah wins. Utah's ahead, but Oklahoma's probably the prettier draw for the college football playoff. No, I don't think you can keep Utah out. I, I really don't. I don't think you can keep Utah out. Uh, Oklahoma just, they've had these huge defensive lapses. And while we, you know, you see uh, uh, Hertz looks good. Like he's, like there's been a couple of times this season where he's carried that entire team on his back to a win. I just don't think you keep – like, Utah isn't going to put up 50 points a game, but you know what they're going to do? Play really stout defense and hold a team to, like, 20 points and make sure that they can keep it competitive. You know, I – see, that's where we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree. I think I would, I would go with Oklahoma. And just – and it's kind of – it kind of goes back, again, and I know I brought this up um, a few weeks ago, um, kind of like how a – Two loss LSU got in when there was an undefeated Hawaii and an undefeated Utah. Utah, a Utah national championship is not going to get the money, as we know, that the NCAA is after. It's just yeah, not. But, and it's not going to get the viewership. It's just but on not. The, on the flip side of that, when you get down to it, uh, Utah's not in the Mountain West anymore. They're playing Fair in the Pac-12. You're right. You're and, right. And although the Pac-12 is a fucking doormat as far as the Power Five goes, it's still a member of the Power Five. Yeah, and and I could see too, like the argument of saying, like, oh, you know, oh, well, if Utah can get in, hey, maybe we can too. So I do kind of. So yeah, I mean, I could see Utah as being like a Cinderella story. But type, Heather, I'm not disagreeing on the fact you're absolutely right. Oklahoma is going to be the better draw. It yeah. will absolutely 100%. You are, you yeah. and I, are like right here, there. Mm-hmm. But because that's because I mean, at the end of the day, and we've discussed this, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. The yeah. almighty dollar sign. Yeah. It doesn't matter the talent, it doesn't matter the players. It's whatever is going to make the NCAA money. Yeah. And, 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 I'm, want- and unfortunately for the Utes, I'm sorry, it's not you. 
Yeah. Not I mean, right now, anyways. I think if, if you want to see a better game, though, it's Utah. That If you want to see a good game, you bring in Utah. If you want to see an actual game, yeah. yes, yeah. you bring in Utah. Yeah. But and and I mean I using using criteria, Utah has probably the better loss, you know, because yeah, obviously that's for sure a criteria. At yeah. USC is a better loss than Kansas State. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, let's face it, we, we can sit here and talk circles about this, but that committee fucks me up every time because uh, I don't know what they're doing. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think they're doing exactly what we're doing right now. Two thirds of them drink and they mm-hmm. talk football. And then they mm-hmm. just pick they pick names out of hats, you know. Like and you know. you've got somebody in the corner that's just like, yeah, what they said. Yeah. Now, Heather, know? let me ask you this: mm-hmm. you know, since we're getting ready to talk it, does your answer change if Baylor wins that game? Does Baylor get in, or does Utah? Um, that's a hey, Tim. That's why you're here. That's, that's a great that's, question. That is a very <laughs> prickly question because then it becomes because then it's same thing. Cinderella story of who you know who goes in um Utah's for, probably the bigger draw given that they're more known yes like, I would the say Pac-12 that is going to follow Utah more than the Big 12 is going to follow Baylor fair enough or but Baylor's loss or, is Oklahoma that's true or Baylor makes their case or spins it as kind of this whole redemption story from the art Bryles thing. And, you know, so that one, I do not have an answer for. No, I I think if, if Baylor pulls that out, that's Utah spot. Like, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I, I think so too. That's, that's really kind of where I'm leaning. I lean a little more towards the Utah because that's going to be a much more PR friendly type. Exactly. Exactly. Because let's face it, let that committee sit there and have Baylor as an option, even with Matt Rule there, even with him like running a very transparent and a very clean program the way Bryles did not. All the committee is going to be like, is like, bro, who's going to watch this fucking game? Exactly. Because all they see is like uh, LSU against Rapist U. You know, like it, it, no one's right. going to fucking. How you know. many people are going to protest and yeah. all of that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, think, well, before... I think it definitely would be a better PR move for Utah. Well, before we get into that Baylor-Oklahoma game, let's take a look at um, our standings. Um, last week, Heather used a 4-1 and NCAA weekend and a 3-1 and NFL weekend to take advantage of Mac's 1-3 and NFL weekend. And move into a tie for second place at 45 and 31. Uh, I went three and two in college and three and one in the NFL, and I'm sitting at 50 and 26. Um, so our pick'em games are obvious this week. We're going to talk all five uh, Power Five conference championships. Uh, let's start in the ACC though. Uh, nine and three Virginia takes on twelve and zero Clemson. Clemson stumbled early on this season, narrowly escaping North Carolina. But the, we, as we talked about, they have turned things around uh, and are a legitimate contender every year. Uh, while Virginia dropped games to Notre Dame, Miami, and Louisville, but those were all on the road. Um, Clemson's a twenty-eight and a half point favorite. Mac, what are your thoughts? <laughs> 28 and a half points. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When you get down to it, uh, Travis Etienne, 
might like he has to be in the conversation with the best running back in college football next to next to Dobbins. Like I, I, there's no arguing that um, because like Etienne, I don't know. I I don't think I've seen a guy his size with the burst and that first step where he seems to cover like five yards in that first step and then he's gone. Like that's it. He's just, um, and, and Trevor Lawrence is actually playing good football now. Um, I, I just, I, I don't see Virginia um, being competitive in this game. I just don't. I mean, Heather and I uh, look like assholes because we said, hey, Syracuse will be there. They'll be there. I know. They'll be there. No, hold on. No, no. Wait a second, though. (laughs) Heather actually said Virginia was a sleeper pick. I did say very early on that Virginia was a sleeper. I did say that. But we, you and I also said, yeah, it's probably going to be Syracuse. Yeah, I know. They, they, yeah, yeah. Syracuse did make me walk it back just a little bit. But you know, but you know what, Cavaliers, I never stopped believing. Okay. I didn't. But I, I'm going to say we probably don't have any listeners in Charlottesville right now. Probably not. But um, we'll get there. We'll get there. So Wahoos, (laughs) enjoy getting your ass beat this weekend. Okay. Like it's just going to happen. I mean, that's definitely. So you guys are both yeah. taking the Cavaliers. No, fuck no. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, is anybody? Yeah, it's, it's it's Clemson in this one. Yeah. Let's just move on from that one. Exactly. Um, but you know in what? In the Big Good 12, job, we, have a, we have a I'm rematch. Proud of you. So. <laughs> we have a rematch in the Big 12 of Baylor and Oklahoma. In Week 12, Baylor had a 28 to 3 lead at home before Oklahoma rallied to win 34 31. Oklahoma QB Jalen Hurts is still a Heisman contender, but both teams look to lay claim to that fourth college football playoff spot. Heather, Oklahoma is favored by 8.5 in this one. Who do you like? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Oklahoma in this one. I just think, just the way that the momentum has been going, um, I, I do definitely think it's gonna swing in favor of Oklahoma. Um, I don't think that Baylor is going to forget what happens, but at the same time, um, I I just think that the Sooners are gonna be like, oh, okay, you ready for round two? Let's go. And so I just, like I said, I just don't I. I think I do think that it'll be a really good game. I don't think that it's going to be, you know, like the game that we talked about prior. Um, I, I do think that maybe, you know, Baylor might try to do a little something, something um, uh, with with Brewer, but I just, uh, I, yeah, I think I, that I think that hurts. I think that hurts and Lamb are just going to be too much. Yeah, I mean, when you again, get, when you get down to a Baylor show, they can't play defense in the second half. That's exactly what they showed. Yeah. That defense is fucking charm and soft and paper thin. Um, and when you, like you said, when you have options like Hertz and Lamb, you know, you have to be able to, to stop them or at least account for them four quarters, mm-hmm. not two. So uh, I, I give Matt Rule a lot of credit. Uh, he, he's done a great job at Baylor bringing them back from like garbage to being in contention to win a Big 12 championship. I give him all the credit in the world for that. But I think. You know, he's a defensive guy. That's where he cut his teeth. Um, I think he still needs a couple years to to do what most Big 12 teams do not do, which is recruit stud defensive players and bring him in and actually, you know, uh, prop up that defense. But, I mean, I think this is Oklahoma's game. Uh, For sure. I, I, think, I think if you're going against Oklahoma at this point uh, with, with what we saw in the first game, I, I think you're, you're like, 
honestly, you're punching your own self in the schwanz. So Oklahoma all day long. Uh, and, and, you know, I had tip my hat to Baylor. Well, but yeah. listen, though, when you got when you got Matt Rule going, we have a special group of kids. He already knows. Like, yeah, he already he's yeah. already counting on the L. So, you know, I really debated picking Baylor in this one. Um, Just because you want to be the naysayer. No, it's it's I wanted to I wanted to think that Baylor would learn from, you know, because Baylor dominated the first quarter and a half of that game. They had a big lead there and i know that if our guests had been here tonight jenny bell would be picking baylor Um, (laughs) because as i was explaining how to uh what we were expecting i basically wrote jenny bell's answer for her um because i was explaining to stephanie i was like for example Jenny is going to pick Baylor over Oklahoma, despite the fact that Baylor has already lost once to Oklahoma. Oklahoma has dominated pretty much everyone that they have played, and Oklahoma is ranked higher. Why? Because Baylor is from Waco, and so is Jenny Bell. Um, <laughs> and then that's, that's really how that would have gone. And for her sake, I really considered taking Baylor in this one, but I, I think it's going to come that would down be a throw to... Away. Right, throw and I, I I can't give you guys any ground. Uh, I've got to build my lead. Uh, so yeah, Oklahoma. Okay. All right, Jim. Okay. The other team hoping to compete for that fourth spot is Utah, who's a six and a half point favorite against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. Many had counted Pac-12 out of the college football playoff, but Utah put together a pretty decent 11 and one season, dropping only to USC on the road in week four. Uh, Mac, can the Utes keep their playoff chances alive or is this the end of the road for them? No, I mean, when you get down to it, uh, Utah is a very well-coached, uh, well-prepared team. Um, and I, I like to look at Utah a lot like, Boise State. Maybe they don't pull a lot of four and five star players, but the three stars they get and, and, and the the occasional four and five stars they do get, they're coached well, they're prepped well, they can win games. Um, and even with shitty coaching like uh, Southern Cal gets from Clay Helton, you know, they still have the best athletes on the field, you know, because that's what happens. Like you, you go to a private school in fucking Los Angeles. Uh-huh. People want to go there, all right? Like, players want to go there. So, um, I, I just – I really like Utah. I like what they do on defense. Uh, you know, maybe their offense isn't, like, flashy, but it does enough to get the job done, period. Um, so, I, I'm going to go with Utah on this. Uh, you know, Kyle Whittingham has shown that, you know, he's he was the right guy to take that job. Uh, you know, he's a BYU guy. That's where he graduated college from, and he's coaching at their arch nemesis. You know, Utah. Um, but uh, he was the right guy. He understands the state of Utah. He recruits the West Coast well. He brings in the right guys for his system. Uh, and I, I really think, you know, this is Utah's year to to kind of give the big fuck you to the committee and say, you know what? It's time to stop looking at what you would call your traditional powers and, and start taking a look at somebody else. Uh, a thousand percent agreed. You know, thousand percent. That's who I I picked Utah for this game. I will say, you know, that Oregon had a very respectable loss to Auburn. I'll I'll give them that. But one that looks better 
it look yeah it, yeah it looks better every week um but exactly what max said i i think that utah really has i think they've done a really good job especially over the last 10 years or so of building up their program to to do this big huge fuck you to the committee and be like yeah you know no we are not the traditional you know power conferences or whatever like you know we can work our asses off and do what we know what to do and you know make a statement and so yeah i i've got utah yeah, I, I mean, Tim, not not to interrupt before you get started. Like, I we all know Justin Herbert's going to be one of the top three quarterbacks taken in the draft next year. But when you get down to it, Oregon's defense can be pushed around. And that is going to be the big key for, for Utah. If they can key on uh, utilizing leverage and size and, and, and picking up, you know, four yards, five yards, six yards in a, you know, at a time rather than going for, you know, what we see a lot of college teams to uh, try and get those huge chunk plays. Uh, control the clock, run the ball, sm- be smart on offense, uh, and, and you know Utah can do that. So, but go ahead, brother. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. Um, I, yeah, I'm with you guys. I know it's not making for great podcasting, but we're all in agreement here. Mm-hmm. I think I actually had Utah winning the Pac-12 in the preseason, um, right about when Heather joined the first time. Um, I think I picked them to win. I didn't necessarily say that they would go to the college football playoffs, but I think they've earned their their right to be there. Oh, absolutely, uh, they have. Yeah, so. I mean, when, when you look at it, when you look at Utah, it's such a weird. Uh, it's such a weird. <laughs> Heather, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. My my phone is is. Um, it, it's possessed right now. Just Utah, carry on. Utah is this weird uh, group that wins games ugly. They're not out there throwing up 50, 60 point games. What they do is they play good defense. They're smart and safe with, uh, you know, uh, with the ball. And and they know I may not have the athletes to go toe to toe with you, but I scheme well and, and I can stop. I could get those stops when I need to. And I may win close games, but guess what? I got the W and you didn't, you know? So, I mean, I think I don't really think Oregon's seen a team like that. Like they, they really haven't outside of Auburn, um, you know. So I mean, Utah has a has a really good chance of winning this fucking game, and and I, I like watching them. I've watched like four Utah games this year, you know, at like eleven thirty at night on ESPN Plus. Of course, because, yes. You know, goddamn, they're literally the only time they're on. <laughs> but, I actually just pulled up my college football preview notes uh, from episode six, and I have. I think Oregon and Utah play for the championship, and Utah wins it. Well, pin a rose on your nose, Nostradamus, all right? (laughs) I'm just saying. Uh, Heather, we're going to give that that guy a Klondike bar. Yeah, we are. (laughs) And we're never going to hear the end of this, Heather, no matter what. No, ever. But... Number two, LSU has been dominant all year on the back of their Heisman favorite, Ohio State transfer, Joe Burrow. Oh, my God. He's an LSU graduate student, (laughs) Joe Burrow. However, there have been some questions about their defense, which has given up 41 to Alabama, 28 to Florida, 38 to Texas, and 37 to Ole Miss. Uh, Georgia, on the other hand, has a top-tier defense, but quarterback Jake Fromm is a big question mark. As to whether or not he can win the big game. Okay, no, stop. Stop right there. It's not a question mark. He can't win the big fucking game. But continue. 
<laughs> LSU enters undefeated while UGA lost that big one to South Carolina. Heather, as our resident SEC expert and LSU fangirl, yeah, who know. wins here? Um, on I, you know, I, I try very hard to not mm, to be that girl, but unfortunately, I just in this game, I'm gonna be that girl. I just do not see Georgia somehow like getting their shit together enough to play all four quarters against the team that that LSU has right now. Um right now uh the Bulldogs are 14th in the FBS. Um oh, I'm sorry they were 14th last season in the FBS. Um but what statistic though? Like 14th of what? Offense, defense, points in allowed? scoring. In scoring. Oh, in scoring. Yeah. In yeah, scoring. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. And I, then they're I, like 18th, and they were 18th in like total offense. Yeah. I was trying to coax that out of you because yeah, I I'm want sorry. you to make this point. I want you to hit it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, but like this season, it's been a struggle on both sides of the ball. And oh, well, at least at, well, on that side of the ball, excuse me. Um, they've had four turnovers. They had four turnovers in the South Carolina game, um, and in and against Kentucky, uh, they were shut out in the first half. Yeah, and they were booed at halftime by the home crowd before pulling away, you know, to, to win or whatever. And so, like, I don't know. I just, I don't. I feel like at some point in the in the game, Georgia just decides like there's a chance to just shit the bed. And they're like, you know what? Let's take it right here. This is where we're going to do it. <laughs> um, now I will say though, I will say um, a big problem for LSU. And I think I mentioned it the last time is that LSU's defense does have a problem of getting through all four quarters, especially towards the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, they really start to look gassed. Um, but I will say, I think for this game, I think that they are going to kind of tighten that up a little bit more. Um, I do not think that Georgia's defense is prepared for LSU's offense, um, which I will say Georgia's offense, they, they do run a smash mouth offense because um, they have a very stout front line for that. Um, but I, I just don't I, don't, I don't see them getting past the Tigers on this one. Mac? I mean, when you get down to it, they've got a championship defense and a shit offense. Um, and I really don't think Georgia has seen an offense quite like LSU's right now. Uh, Heather, what's uh, LSU's running back, number five? What's his name? Uh, I'm him out. Um, Edward? Oh, I know who you're talking about. No, he's got the hyphenated name. Yeah, he's, he's yeah very- Edwards. It's Hilaire, Hilaire Edwards. Yeah, Hilaire Edwards. Yeah. Um, Edward Hilaire. Edward Tiller. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, what I love about what LSU does is they play Burrow and Edward Tiller off, essentially off each other, because they'll have Burrow go on the streak of like 10 straight passes, and he gets in this groove, and it has the defense completely back off the line of scrimmage, and then Alaire Edwards gets handed the ball and just gashes him up the gut. Um, and I will give Orchard a lot of credit. Uh, for keeping Matt, Can- I, I think it's Matt Canada as the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Heather, yeah, you, you, 
Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Uh, but Matt Canada, who got shit on last season, even though LSU's offense was much better, um, comes back, puts up this this offense this season, um, and he's got this great this great balance where he he knows if we're struggling on the ground, Joe is going to be able to, you know, hit the passes we need to, whether it's a twenty yard. Uh, completion or it's a six yard slant, you know. Well, like, and we we don't need to forget about Jamar Chase either, though. Jamar well, Chase is having an, an outstanding yeah. season as well. But here, here, I'm giving all your boys the credit in the world, okay. Heather. Okay. Give me a second. <laughs> okay. All right. Jesus You're man. taking too long. God. Says the woman who just goes on for like 60 minutes about LSU. We Shut didn't up. get a history lesson this week about <laughs> you did. LSU versus so Georgia. So consider yourself lucky. Okay. okay? But, and, and, you know, this is this is maybe the only knock against LSU right now. They're not deep on defense the way they have been in years past. But when you get down to it, Georgia's defense hasn't really seen an offense that can mix it up the way LSU has. And even if, okay, even if um, LSU's defense isn't as deep and, and can rotate players out the way they, they have been in, we, in years past, um, Georgia's defense is very one-dimensional. Um, and if you stack, you know, that line of scrimmage, and keep them from running the ball. Fromm's not winning you the fucking game. Like, uh-huh. that guy... He's proved that time and time again. Yes, so. thank you. Thank you. All right, but when you get down to it, he's got great athletes at all the skill positions around him, and he can't fucking do it. So this is LSU's game. It may not be like a 50 to... to like Because Georgia's defense is good. I, mm-hmm. I, I can see this game being like a 30 to 14 or a 35 to 14, something like that. But... Like, when you get down to it, if LSU's defense stacks the box, stops the run, and you make Fromm throw the ball, that defense, or that, that Georgia's offense isn't that great, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> so Yeah, and especially, too, I think, um, too, yeah, like, it's, like, Delpit, Delpit's not going to let anything through. Yeah. At all. But, I mean, th- so. this is LSU's game. This is, this is yeah. definitely a Tigers game. Yeah, once again, I'm going to agree with you guys. Um, LSU, I think this is going to be a really entertaining game. For It'll be a half, fun game to watch. For half yeah. the game. Um, <laughs> when LSU's got the ball, it's going to be very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's going to be a really good offense against a really good defense. Um, but when Georgia's got the ball, the game's going to be boring as shit. Oh, dude, because yeah. Honestly, I might... It's That's a bad crazy. offense against a yeah. mediocre to good defense. I, I swear, if Georgia has the ball, I might just go play in traffic for a little bit and take my chances because yeah. it might be more exciting to not get bit, hit by a car. You know, like it's Georgia's offense is so fucking gross. I will say, I think if anything, it's going to cost LSU a championship. It's going to be their defense, but we'll get to that when we get to the college football playoff. Um, but yeah, this is LSU's game. Yeah. Um, so let's turn to the final, co- uh, conference championship, the big 10, number eight, Wisconsin seeks revenge as they take on number one, Ohio state in Indianapolis, Wisconsin is the highest ranked two loss team, but they, but one of those wins wasn't, or one of those losses was in week nine in Columbus, 38 to seven Ohio state is led by three potential Heisman hopefuls, uh, quarterback, Justin Fields running back J.K. Dobbins, and defensive end Chase Young. Uh, Ohio State needs to win to ho- to hang on to number one ranking, but a loss wouldn't necessarily knock them out of the playoff. 
Uh, Mac, Ohio State is a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. How do they close out their season? I mean, when you get down to it, like we showed what we can do against Wisconsin, um, and Michigan's a better team than Wisconsin. You know, they they actually have a multifaceted offense the way Wisconsin does not. I mean, you and I both are fucking Ohio State fans. We've watched mm-hmm. Wisconsin. They're very one-dimensional. If Taylor yep. is not on top of his game, the Wisconsin offense bogs down into nothing. And I think on the defensive side of the ball, especially when we played them earlier, we cut our teeth on RPOs, which is something that Wisconsin's defense really hasn't struggled with. Um, you know, they're able to stop that. They've got big guys up front. They've got quick linebackers. But, I mean, Justin Fields, uh, you know, I love that. I mean, I've come to love him. You know, I was skeptical about him at the beginning of the season because he was an unknown quantity. Mm-hmm. But for a guy who was, who was deemed a, a, like a dual-threat quarterback coming out of high school, um, he doesn't run a whole hell of a lot. He really no. doesn't. No. Uh, but when he does run, the guy gets the yards he needs. Okay? And because he's able to do that, it opens up these huge holes for Dobbins' master Teague. Um, and honestly, this year, I, Wisconsin's defense, the de- that, that defensive backfield, has nothing to cover the Ohio State wide receivers that we have this year between Alave and Mac and uh, the young kid. Jesus Christ, I forgot his name. That's my own fault because I'm kind of tipsy. Anyway, <laughs> uh, for those of you listening that are Ohio State fans, it's the, it's the, the young freshman that changes jerseys so he can return punts. It's that guy. Yeah. Um, but we have Ohio State for the first time in, in a long time. Uh, you talk about I, Garrett Wilson? Yes, thank you, Tim. Uh, you are a gentleman and a scholar, and I appreciate you. Uh, Heather, you need to have our, our our Afghan fan play that when we do picks. Like, right before we're like, yeah, we're I'm so- picks, and have him hit that button. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, my phone is doing something. It is very weird. Like, I can't even, like, turn it off. I don't know. It's And it, when I try to restart it, it makes that noise. So, continue. <laughs> Don't mind me. It's excited about the SEC championship game. It's very excited. Don't worry about that. Clearly. Uh, But Tim, what? Like to to wrap this shit up. Finally, Uh, this is Ohio State's game. Still, Uh, since we beat Wisconsin, we've only showed that you know we are better than we were then. Um, So this is this is Ohio State all day long, twice on Sunday, and fucking let's get this Big Ten championship. Heather, I literally just. I pretty much everything he said. I just I don't know. I I look at the two of them and it's just like really like why are we even discussing this seriously? <laughs> and y'all know I hate to say that about Ohio State, but really, why are we even discussing this? Hey guys, quick aside, the Bears are up twenty four to seven right now. Yeah, we were going to get to that in a minute. Bears, though, bears, though, bears, though, bears, though, bears. But we're going to get there. No, yeah, yeah. Ohio State, Ohio State, like all day, all day on this one. I'm not picking against my boys. Uh, They were my pick at the beginning of the season. They were my pick for the college football playoffs. And you guys both picked Penn State. And well, Tim, you're also a fucking homer. But am I wrong? Not this, (laughs) not this time. (laughs) <laughs> this time, no. 
wait, wait till we get to the NFL. Uh, start oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Let's let's wait till we start talking about the Browns. And yeah, but that's but that's yeah. where that's where the tone will change quite dramatically. Oh, oh Heather, this is Ohio State's game. Oh yeah. <laughs> and real quick, just 10, 15 seconds. Ohio State, LSU, who ends up number one after college play, uh, conference point championships. Yep. Let's start with Mac. Okay, I really think LSU will end up number one. Uh, that's just a that's just a better uh, win. It's a better win, you know. Um, number two, Ohio State, obviously. Um, I think Clemson pulls it out, gets number three, and then we have Utah number four. Uh, and even with even if Oklahoma wins, I just think based on the fucking teams, and I get all the. Let's sell tickets. Let's do this shit. Blah 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 blah. But when you get down to it, if you want a better one to four game, it's going to be LSU Utah rather than LSU Oklahoma. Heather. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm going to say LSU number one. However, but I say that kind of like what what Mac was saying, like LS an LSU win over Georgia looks better to the committee. Than Ohio State over Wisconsin. It just oh, does. Hands down, hands down, hands down. And so we, and you know, the three of us know that, you know, for the most part, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And <laughs> that's what they're going to look at. And it just, it just does. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that. But unfortunately, that's the nature of the beast as it is right now. So that's okay. what I say. I put, I put LSU on. Ohio State too. Okay, well hey, let's jump on, to the Heather. Who's the next two here? I want to hear it. <sighs> oh yeah, I'm making you work for this. Yeah, you, you are. You flash Jeez. a ring. You flash a ring and some wine in my face. Yeah, you get to work tonight, girl. Thanks. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I didn't realize this was Bragg Boulevard, but okay. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Um. Then I will put. Mm. Oh dear! Hey, everybody! She's hiding behind her microphone as we speak. I really am. I'm trying to make myself as small <laughs> as possible to see if that will, if that will do anything. Um, I would put Clemson number three. Yeah, I would have Clemson number three. I would put Utah number four. Oklahoma at five. All right, Tim, your turn. Let's go. Let's hear it. I mean, I I think I'm going to end up agreeing with you guys. I would like to see the the only real question for me is not Utah or Oklahoma. It's is LSU over Georgia a big enough win to bump them above Ohio State beating Wisconsin? Is it big enough? Yes. Yes, because we've beat Alabama and we beat Auburn. Yeah. I, 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 th- I think I'm in agreement, but that to me is the bigger question. I think well, you put Utah in unless Oklahoma just blows out Baylor and. Okay. Yeah, but I still and, think, and, though, and but I still think though, that you still have to take uh, into account like the rest of the season because of, you know, the ranked. Texas and then yeah. the ranked 
Florida. Yeah. Like you still have to take that into account. I, I get all that, but Tim's right. If if Oklahoma decides to hang fucking what sixty points and win sixty to twenty or you know sixty three mm-hmm. to twenty four, yeah, that's gonna get him in because that's a dominating win. Because yeah, let's yeah. face it, if if they hang that many points on, Baylor's gonna get fourteen in garbage time. You know. Well, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, hey Tim, I I I can see that completely. I really can. But I, yeah. I just I just think I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe I just don't like fucking Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm fucking over Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, let's let's wrap up uh, college football and jump to the big news in the NFL this week. Uh, the Carolina Panthers have parted ways with Ron Rivera after leading the team to a five and seven start, uh, despite having. One of the MVP candidates in Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the Panthers fired Riverboat Ron after the team dropped a game at home to Washington. Who do you guys see Carolina pursuing? <laughs> hey, listeners, I'm doing the exact same thing Heather is right now. I'm laughing hysterically in my head. Um, oh, I'll do it audibly. I don't care. No, no. When, because when you... because uh, uh, listen, I will quote myself to to the listeners as what was said in our group chat of when Tim broke the news to us that uh, <laughs> that apparently the the uh, a a fit of giggles, according to my boss, uh, a fit of giggles upon hearing the news uh, is not an appropriate response. And so uh, you did say that, then I did. Yes, yes, and uh, it, and it's still the appropriate response. All right, uh, like if I can be the uh, the non give a fuck voice of reason because Carolina Panthers fans are few and far between, and uh, let's face it, Panthers fans, you can get butt hurt at me, but when the Panthers are winning, y'all come out in full force talking oh, about Lord. What, what what's the thing? Uh, pa- you know, keep keep pounding, pounding keep pounding. Right? But when they're losing. I see you guys in fucking Washington Redskins and Atlanta. Oh South my god! Yes. So yes, that's exactly when the Redskins shit yeah. come, it comes yeah. out. So so or Steelers or, or Steelers. Yeah. All right, but when you get down to it, uh, Ron Rivera had the longest stretch of success for the fucking Panthers. All right, uh, I think at the inception of the team, they did Dom fucking Capers dirty. Um, because they go seven and nine their first season, NFC Championship game, season two, he's fired by year four. And then they bring in George fucking Seifert, who proceeds to do one of the few one in fifteen uh years in NFL history. Um but when you get down to it, uh Dave Tepper bought the team a year ago. All right. Uh he's the second most wealthy owner in the NFL, believe it or not. Um and he's buying it from Jerry he bought it from Jared Richardson, who when you get down to it, how did Jerry Richardson make his money? Selling used cars. Like, that was his shtick. Like, this guy was old school. He played in the NFL, bought car dealerships, and sold used cars. Um, and he was the last kind of old school owner where you can kind of do that. You can't do that anymore. You have to be a billionaire to own an NFL team now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tepper expects a certain something. So when you get down to it, when you, when you boil it down uh, to its very bones, this is the Panthers probably getting a big wake-up call. Um, head coach got fired. Okay. You're going to go with uh, fuel for the rest of the season. Your GM's probably getting shit-canned as well. Uh, but you also have probably 
and I don't give a fuck. Dude, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm saying this. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL and is arguably the best player in the NFL. Um, you know, and, and you're, you're, you're sitting there arguing about a quarterback controversy with a former NFL MVP and some fucking dickhead who had one good game. And Panthers fans are like, oh, look, get, get rid of Cam. Let's bring in Kyle. And Kyle's done nothing but shit the bed since. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> dude, I have customers. Right? Uh, one, of my, one of my customers at work was like, you know, man, he just th- he thought Allen was the one. He just thought Allen was the one. And it's not it. He's not the one. <laughs> but when you get like, down to right. it, what, what, what are you trying to get? Because Norv Turner, who's the offensive coordinator, who was like a fun and gun guy, literally got rid of everything he was comfortable with to make sure Christian McCaffrey was enveloped and was the focal point of that offense. All right. Getting rid of Norv Turner is going to be a horrible idea. And the next guy they hire, I fucking would bet one of my meager paychecks that they get rid of him and then try and reinvent the fucking wheel with some dickhead who probably uh, was a uh, uh, like a, a videographer for Sean McVay at one point, and now suddenly he's a fucking offensive coordinator. So, you like, uh, you know just, who the betting favorite is to take over? No, Tim, because I'm not like you who creeps on betting websites and then bases my picks on them. Mm. Jim Harbaugh. No, fucking no, way. no, we've already no discussed this. Are you kidding? Oh. That's the betting favorite. Uh huh. Do you oh. really think Jim Harbaugh would go back to the NFL? Yes, yes, I would. You do? I think, Heather, honestly, I think he would rather fucking dip out, go back to the NFL and say, I tried it, Michigan. I tried to make my alma mater fucking great again. Because, uh, you know, he's a, uh, never mind. Anyway, uh, but I could see him dipping out of Michigan to go take an NFL job. So he's going to get shit on any worse than he already does. So basically it's the reverse of Nick Saban. Essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> Nick Nick was at the top of his game when he went to the NFL, failed, went back to college. Harbaugh was more successful at the NFL, shit the bet in college, going back to the NFL. So Okay, well, now, you know, to, to give him the little bit of credit that I don't like to give him, he did go to the Dolphins, so... Yeah, but this is, this is before the 2019 Dolphins, Heather, and the 2019 Our- Dolphins... Are the 2019 Dolphins any better than, like, oh. the 2005 Dolphins? Oh, no. They're 9 million times worse. Okay? <laughs> 9 million so, times worse. So, the uh, article I'm re- I found comes from Fox Business, and it's quoting Bet Online with their favorites. Urban Meyer at 6-1. to one, Dan Quinn at 6-1. to one, Josh McDaniels at 11-2. to two, Jason Garrett as five at five to one and Wait. Jim Harbaugh three to one. Dan Quinn for real. <laughs> yep. That's the what guy, that online has. The guy, it's the odds. The guy who's getting ready to get fired in Atlanta. That one. Yep. Okay, cool. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so just, just verifying. Okay. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. Jim yeah. Harbaugh is a three to one favorite. I'm with Heather on this one. Just verifying. Just and verifying. Then, and then we go yeet ourselves in the fucking uh, first intersection we can to, because that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Or just <laughs> right into the sun. <laughs> anyway, 
last week featured a pretty good week for our pick unless you were Mac. Uh, <laughs> the Browns did Cleveland things, and despite all their chances, dropped the game in Pittsburgh 20-13. to the Chiefs dominated the Raiders 40-9. The Seahawks topped the Vikings 37-30. And the Ravens showed they could beat teams with good defenses, too, topping the Niners 20-17 on a last-second 49-yard field goal by Justin Tucker. We also have no longer have a winless team in the league as the Bengals beat the Jets 22-6. So what even is the NFL anymore? Pretty much, um, basically. It's called a shit show. And we just should leave it at that. Pretty much. Um, I mean, I when you get down to it, like <laughs> we've had some bad teams that have won good games. Hey, Tim, call timeout. I'm gonna sneeze real loud. <laughs> oh. Did you need to like dab it? Because like you legitimately <laughs> like dabbed it. I sneezed in my elbow rather than spraying it everywhere. Oh, okay. All right, everyone. Oh, yeah, to every like to all the people around you. You didn't want to get the germs all around you. Gotcha. All right, everyone. Time in. All right, there we <laughs> go. Um, no, but like the NFL is a shit show this year. I mean, at one point the Raiders were six and four and a a legitimate playoff option, and now they're just total dog shit because they just lose. So I mean, who fucking knows what's going on? Honestly, I have no clue. Well, looking at games this week, we won't make picks now about Dallas and Chicago, but because that game's going on as we're recording. Uh, you guys both picked Chicago while I took Dallas, and right now... It is uh, 31 to 14. 31 to 14 in For favor of Chicago. For the Bears. How much time is left? The Bears, the Bears, the Bears, the Bears, the Bears, the Bears. With uh, 12.57 left in the fourth, so... Um, you guys might actually close the gap there. Uh, but let's let's talk about game, some other games. Game uh, time, Timothy. Right. Uh, let's talk about some other games. Baltimore is looking more and more like a Super Bowl favorite as they travel to Buffalo to take on the 9-3 and three Bills. Uh, somehow, both of these teams have lost a game to the Browns this year, and I still can't figure that out. Um <laughs> But despite that, they both seem to be better than predicted. Uh, Baltimore leads the AFC while some are predicting the Bills to win the AFC East. And yes, I have actually seen that. Uh, Mac, who's your pick in this one? I mean, Baltimore's winning this game. Hold on. I got to sneeze again. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck me. (laughs) He didn't dab that one out. I I sneezed into my shirt. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't need you to give me shit. Um, but no, like you when always you, need me giving you shit. Yeah, but I like I have Baltimore uh, Buffalo as my fantasy football defense. I picked up an extra defense, so I didn't have to start him this week <laughs> because uh, that Baltimore offense is fucking phenomenal. Um, you know, you might not have like a three hundred fifty yard game from Lamar, but you know what you get from Lamar two forty. Another 100 yards, 110 yards rushing. Um, they control the clock well. They just dominate teams. Uh, and, you know, and when you get down to it, like, I'm a Pats fan. I saw my Patriots get the shit beat out of them. Baltimore's fun to watch. And that might be the only time in history you could fucking say that since the Ravens existed. Yeah, because uh, usually they just play, like, boring game, boring yeah, football and win. But Lamar Jackson has, has 
like, and I've said this since the fucking podcast started, like, this is the most exciting player in goddamn NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, you, rip, you you can't beat him. And everybody you know, it, and, and, and I don't mean to interject, but like, I do kind of feel like he kind of has done what people were hoping that RG3 was going to do. I do I mean, feel like, yeah, because, you know, I, he came from this small, small-ish school and yeah. really made a big name for himself there. And a lot of times that doesn't carry over into the NFL. And, but I do, I do feel like Lamar Jackson has kind of been able to do that. But if it, what, what people fail to realize is that Lamar Jackson is twice as talented as RG3 ever was. Um, because Yeah, but I mean, you get what I'm saying. Though. Yeah, like, no, I, I get the equation. I trust me, yeah. I get it. But when you get down to it, when RG3 was starting games in Washington, he was what we thought. He was an athletic quarterback. You knew what throws he was going to make. The thing is, Lamar Jackson started seven games at the end of last season. And everybody's like, well, this is what you're going to get. Bullshit. He went into fucking summer practices and OTIs and all that shit. And you've got this quarterback who was accused of only being able to throw deep ball, can't hit anything else. He can hit slants. You know, he runs those RPOs. He can hit that deep ball. Like, Lamar Jackson is is everything you want him to be. He's an exciting player. He's this guy who can change everything about a game. Everything. And that's what he does. And it's fucking amazing. And I'm saying this as a fan of a team that got totally torched by Lamar fucking Jackson. Lamar Jackson is the most exciting player in the NFL. And it, the only, like, 1B you could throw at me is Russell Wilson. And then nobody else is close mm. to those two. Nobody yeah, else is close still, to those Yeah, but at the same time, I I would still pick Lamar Jackson. Like, to watch, I would rather watch Lamar Jackson oh, I, I agree than Russell you. Wilson. I'd rather watch Lamar because Lamar just breaks ankles multiple times every fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think if I were starting a team, I would take Russell at this point. Well, at Only this point, because, yeah, because of, of the experience, experience. that he's got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And I no, get that. I totally no, no. get that. But at the same, t- but I again, you both. give me Lamar all day long and twice. Oh, so you'll day. take the chance. You'll take yep. a chance on I him. I will do it. I will do it. I love. That's fine. I, I get it. I get. It. I see both sides of it. But yeah, I know. I agree. Just, Lamar is like Heather. Yeah, he, he lights so up the screen right now. It made me so mad that he's coming out of Louisville, just destroying records, winning Heisman's, mm-hmm. and people are shitting on him. Yeah. Like, no, bro, you got you got to switch positions. You're never going to be a quarterback. You don't work hard enough. And it's like, he's literally a rookie going into a team with an established quarterback. And when they yanked Flacco, they they switched the offense to accommodate him. Because let's let's face it, putting him in the best position to be successful. That, that's your job as a coach, right? So they go into this offseason. Jackson works his ass off and then gets to work with Mark Rook, fucking Roman who his entire career is built around working with quarterbacks who are able to move in the pocket and run, uh, you know, like he was the offensive coordinator for San Francisco during Caps best years. Like, fuck dude. Well, this, this is going to be often like, listen, what- and I'm going to say something too. That's probably going to make a couple people real salty, but Lamar Jackson was able to do what Tim Tebow couldn't do. Hey, hey Heather, I'm giving you a podcast high five right now. Right? Air five. Yep. Because literally, uh, seriously, he did. He totally yeah. did. And and I was always one of those big, like, big proponents of, like, if Tim Tebow had switched over to, like, tight end or something like that, he wouldn't be an analyst on SEC Network. 
Or and playing for the New York Mets minor league team. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. So go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. Heather, All right, so- uh, Heather uh, like literally, uh, you just warmed my heart so much right now. <laughs> you know. So, so Mac, you got Baltimore, Heather. Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, right now, I just you pick against Baltimore at your own peril. Um, they're they're just too good to lose this game. Um, no matter how decent Buffalo is doing. And yeah. Um, Heather, I'm not going to give you the New Orleans pick first this time. Uh, but instead, let's talk about Kansas City and New England in Foxborough. One of the most potent offenses takes on one of the strongest defenses in the game. In a game that most have mar- have had marked on their calendars since the AFC Championship last year. Um, can Mahomes get over the Belichick hump this, this year? No. No, he's not gonna. Um, and, but, I mean, and, and I say that, even though, again, I'm going to refer to my per-usual reason for picking. It's for Pops. So yeah. I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Uh, but I do not see them getting past Belichick. It's just, it's not going to happen. Sorry, Pop. I love you. <laughs> Mike? Uh, when you get down to it, um, the defense has been exposed the last couple of weeks uh, because the offense can't do anything outside of Julian Edelman. Brady doesn't trust his receivers. There's no tight end to throw to anymore. And Sony Michelle has done nothing on the ground. Um, so if there's a game to kind of snap out of that funk, this is it. Because Kansas City does not play good defense. Um, but you guys know as well as I do, give Mahomes an inch, he's going to take like 10 miles. Like, he's if, that talented. If Kansas City had a defense, they'd be Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. That's so, a fair assessment. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to still pick the Pats. Um, nobody comes off of losses the way Belichick does. But when you get down to it, you know, they need to start. If you don't trust your receivers, then run the fucking ball. Run it. Control the clock and grind it out. A thirteen to three win is as good as a forty to twenty win. So, yeah, you know, I mean, they they need to start getting into that mindset, and that's something that's missing from the Patriots this season, as they're not looking at it that way. Um, and I'm again, I'm saying this as a Patriots fan. There's a lot of weaknesses on this team, but I'm still going to go with the Pats uh, because, like I said, nobody bounces back and preps the per game the wave you know, the Patriots do it after a loss. So, um, I mean, honestly, I would love to see them run it like 90 times and let Brady throw it 10. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Mac. I think, I think Belichick's too good of a coach to let this one go. I think he's had this one on his calendar, just like the rest of us. Um, and then I think he's ready for Mahomes and he's going to, just continue to do exactly what he did in the AFC championship last year and just beat that team down. Yeah. Um, But our final game of the night is, or game of the week is the NFC in the NFC where the 49ers stout defense looks to rebound against Drew Brees and the saints in new Orleans. Both teams enter this game 10 and two and are hoping to take home field advantage in the NFC as the playoffs draw near. 
Uh, we have talked about the front line of San Francisco, and they hope to take down the team that was managed to protect T- Teddy Bridgewater for several weeks on end, um, enough to keep you know the team in good shape until Breeze came back. Mac, I'm going to hand this one over to you for the first pick. I mean, when you get down to it, um, New Orleans is still doing their job. I, I, I think I really question, um, you know, last week Kamara didn't get a lot of touches. No, um, he did not. No, right, Heather? Like he, I was, no, he didn't. I was really surprised by that because Kamara. But I'm wondering, though, if they're they're holding back on that a little bit. But even then, even if you're not putting Kamara in the in the position to carry the ball, you have Latavius Murray who is a thousand year rusher himself. So like True. you you you've got interchangeable. It might not be Mark Ingram interchangeable, but you still have another guy you can swap in and out. Mm-hmm. Um but like this is this is a game changer in the NFL. And that's what Kamara is. Kamara is a game changer who can just dominate whether he's catching the ball or running the ball. Mm-hmm. Um and and you know, the thing is, I think this is what is a shocking thing to me, is New Orleans still has one dominant receiver, receiver in Michael Thomas, and then a bunch of, eh, you know, and they're still rolling off the wins and doing what they're supposed to do on offense. Um, but when you get down to it, uh, you know, the Niners defense is really rough, and then when you get... Uh, well, yeah, but they're they're first in the league. Yeah, and on top of that, like their offense is very ball control. It's very ball control. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got three running backs that'll grind you down and break off big runs to put Jimmy Garoppolo in the position where he can run play action. And and um, but you know what? Like when you get down to it, <laughs> uh, uh, you know I'm gonna have to go the the Saints on this one. Um. I just think Michael Thomas is better than the defensive backs that the Niners have. Um, I think Kamara is better, is a, you know, is a better athlete than their linebackers or anybody else they have to cover him. And I think Sean Payton at this point is a better coach than Shanahan. So um, when you get down to it, experience counts for a lot. Experience counts for a lot. Mm-hmm. And and Sean Payton has the experience that Kyle Shanahan doesn't yet. Um, not to say Kyle Shanahan is not going to be an amazing coach, and I think he will be, but I think that this is the Saints game. I think this is the one that kind of puts them over the hump and sets them in to be the NFC uh, favorite. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, because I, I do not feel that the Saints are just done with being NFC champ, uh, South champs. They're not. And they know that this game, like you said, is is going to be the one that's going to put them over. Uh, I think it definitely helps that they are going to be in New Orleans. Because we all know playing in the Dome is very hard to do because it gets oh, absolutely. Absolutely. very, very loud. And especially this close to the end of the season, especially coming off of, um, you know, getting revenge on Atlanta um, and then we've got, you know, Carolina again here at, towards the end of the season or whatever. I just, I, I think that the noise is going to be too great. Like you said, they're going to want to get over this hump. This is, this is the game where they need to. Um, and so, yeah, so of course, obviously I'm going to pick my boys, but um, I do, I don't think though, it's going to be a blowout. I do not think it's, I think it's yeah. going to be a very close game. I yeah. think it's going to be an entertaining game to yeah. watch. 
Honestly, Heather, for I'm, sure. Between you and me, I think it's going to be like one of those like twenty-three to twenty games, or like twenty. Exactly. To games. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. The Saints are a two and a half point favorite in this one. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So I, I do think that it's going to be. I do think it's going to be a lot of back and forth. Yeah. On this game. For, sure. for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to take the Niners because it seems like we've picked together on every single <laughs> one this week, and we've got to get something to change. Listen, um, I, I was the dissenting asshole last week, so you can, so, you can carry it this week, Tim. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going to take San Francisco. I think that defense is is really rough to play against. For sure. I know it's and hard I'll to play that. in that I'll dome. I'll give you that, for sure. Um, like, I'm not even going to, like roll my eyes or you know no. do what i normally do like i'll give you that okay yeah, but i'm gonna take san francisco um before we wrap up for the night heather did put together while we were talking her list of what is it eight uh, eight my top eight, eight. T- the top eight minor league hockey teams name hey heather, hey, heather if yeah. you watch letter kenny this is why i appreciate you and you would get that reference if you did watch letter kenny not yet, not yet. Uh, so, let, let, but let's I will go, say Heather. it does not. It does not include the Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs. That I need to let our listeners know is actually spelled D A W G. So it's not even dogs; it's dogs. Okay, yeah. so y'all haven't even been saying it right. So get your life together, okay? Okay, I can't. All right, I can't, Heather. Who are the eight? I can't speak Louisiana, so I can't say dogs. Well, listen, I'm I'm letting you know. <laughs> um, so, anyways, so we're gonna stop at we're we're gonna start at the bottom. So we're gonna start at eight, and it's just gonna just get better and better and better the higher up this mountain we climb. So at number eight, I have the Baltimore Skipjacks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> number seven. I have the Greenville Swamp Rats. At number six, I have the Austin Ice Bats. <laughs> At number five... Austin have... is known for their bats, so all of you course. gotta do is slap ice in front of it. Exactly, and it that's all you have to do. Uh, at number five, I have the Armorio, Armorillo Gorillas. Amarillo. Amarillo. Listen, I'm thinking of, like, the, the color, so leave me alone. Um, at number Which four... Which is also Amarillo. Thank you. But it's spelled, but you say it Amarillo, sir. You sp- you say it Amarillo if you are speaking Spanish. So right. for our Espanol listeners, there you go. <laughs> anyway. Uh, at number four, I have the Florida Everblades. <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's... that's a good one. They're so punny. They're so punny. I wish you could all see my face right now because I'm really disappointed in that. That's low-hanging fruit, okay? That oh, is- wait. Just wait. Just wait. It's going to get and the better. the top three? My top three are the St. George de Buse, Cool FM 103.5. <laughs> That's wait, been their name for the last, like, seven years. No, no. You stop right now, Heather. Where is that team based out of? I want to know right the fuck now. In Canada. Oh, my God. <laughs> At number two, I'll ha- I have the Lowell Lock Monsters. That's, lo- that's, that's Lowell Mass. Lowell that's Mass. Right. That's right. And that's L-O-C-K, just so you know. And my number one 
all-time favorite amateur hockey team name is the Orlando Solar Bears. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) Hey, Heather, you you know what? None of those teams have a name quite like the Frozen Cooters. Listen, I know, right? We're really on to something there. Oh, Heather, no, this is happening. I, I don't give a shit. We need if bumper I, stickers. I don't give a shit if I die in 10 years. I'm going to get the money together and I'm going to make this team and I will pass it on to you both. You know what? After, thank you. After I die. It will be your living legacy, Matt. Yes. It'll be Mike McGinnis, former owner of the Frozen Cooters. <laughs> I don't get how St. George Cool FM 103.5 is not your number one. That's just not. It is not. It's 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 too a commercial. legitimate team. It's too I commercial. I don't like I, it. I, I, I couldn't believe that that was a real team. I looked it up. It sure as hell is. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, also, I will say, I will say that on a another list that I was looking at, that the Fayetteville Fire Ants were like number two on it. Oh yeah. So yeah. Tim, look at look at Toronto's G League team. It's like literally the Toronto 905s, and that's the area code. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, that'll do it for tonight's episode. Be sure to like us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to on your favorite podcast app. And leave us a five-star review if you're an iTunes listener. For hold, and on, Heather. A hold on, 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 before we get into this, all right, I'm a bouncer all around Fayetteville, leave a fucking, uh, you know, review on iTunes, otherwise, if I swear to God, if I hear you talking about the podcast and the bars I bounce in, I'm gonna cut you off the minute you walk in until you get the fuck out, until you, su- you, you write something about us, okay? No, 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 what you do is... Let them show you a review that they sent, that they put in, and you buy them a drink. I can do that. I can. I'll, I'll do that. All right. But okay. Listen, do that. listeners, give us some feedback. We want it. All right. All I, five of you, we want it. All five of you, because our Afghan listener is back in the United States, so he's not technically our Afghan listener anymore. Um, and he is hitching up to Heather. It's, Total fucking sellout. Like, come on, man. She's How the best. dare you? She, you're the best looking out of the three of us. <laughs> Clearly. Come on, Heather. That's not fair. I mean, but, fuck. But yeah, I mean, come on. Like, give us some interaction. We want you guys to be interested in this. We want to get back to you. We want to talk to you. We want to interact with everybody. So come on down. Give Tag us, us some things, too. Yeah. 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 Like, come on. Talk some shit. Tell us you like what you hear. Tell us what you don't like. And we're going to get back to you, because guess what? We are a full-service podcast. We, we have started to get some uh, interaction on social media, so shout-out to those uh, those fans. Uh, Rick, I know one, one of your buddies is uh, pretty active on our Facebook, Mac. Um, but for you. Mac and... What's that? I said, we love you. Yeah. We do. We love everybody who listens, so listen more. For Mac and Heather, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. And remember to wear your seatbelt. Check all of your mirrors. Where's okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>